Welcome back to All for Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Weeks. And I'm Charles Nunn. And we're continuing our series with our Hall of Fame inductees for 2021. And our episode today is with Jay Everett Faubert. He goes by Ebo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Ebo today. Um, he, I, I, I'll, I'm trying to find out how he got his nickname. Uh, he's a graduate of the Christ Church College Preparatory School in the University of Virginia, where he studied architecture. He is the founding principal of Faubert Architects, now known as Dominion 7. During his career, he received gubernatorial appointments from four different Virginia governors from 1989 to 2011 and served on the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards, as well as the former Region 2000 Workforce Development Board and the Bedford County Board of Supervisors. Ebo is also the 1982 recipient of the Alliance's uh, F.M. Dink Cloyd Award for Outstanding Service. Mr. Faber's brothers, Roger and Stuart, have also gone on to lead remarkable careers worthy of induction to the Business Hall of Fame. I think Ebo will shed some light on why he wears those colorful coats, and what it's like growing up in that household, and where did everybody get their nicknames. So, welcome, Ebo. Are you ready to go? Ebo, hello and welcome to the podcast, and congratulations on being inducted to the Business Hall of Fame. I got to say that came as a complete surprise to me. <laughs> it's the whole family, too. Yes. Who would have ever thought that? That's even a bigger surprise. <laughs> well, the first thing I want to ask you is, though, your business. What was your business? What did you do? How did you get started in it? Tell me the story from the beginning okay. to Well, I am an architect. My father was an architect. And I think there was an inclination there. Right. Uh, the apple me. didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, uh, because when I was in school, at one point in time, I thought that I would uh, drop architecture. And so I went into city planning, which was a new curriculum they started at the university in the architectural uh, department. And so I did that for a year and a half. And then when <laughs> they, they said, you're going to have to have two years of French to get a degree in planning. And I said, I went to see the dean. And I said, Mr. Fitzpatrick, I, I, I've got a real dilemma. I've been here a while, and now they're asking two years of French. And it was all I could do to get through Latin in high school. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset about what's going on. He said, go back, do your thesis in architecture, and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So it was French that drove you into architecture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made me stick with architecture. But I actually had a, uh, an offer to go to uh, Savannah, Georgia, for the Redevelopment Housing uh, Authority down there. And um, Bill Vosbeck came and interviewed the people in my graduating class in architecture and uh, offered me a job. And... Uh, I, that was going to be closer to home in Washington, D.C., and it just struck me as a good thing to be doing. So that's really how I ended up there. I, 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 I had thought I was not going to do it, but I did end up doing the right thing. Architecture is a very, very gratifying profession. So the first job you did was exactly what? What did you do? The first job the I first, did yeah, in when, architecture, yeah. or do you mean the first job I did? In architecture. I sold newspapers the first job yeah. I did. <laughs> I'm talking about your architecture business. You know, when you got hired, what did they have you do to start with? Um, 
first thing I did at, at uh, uh, Bosbeck's office was uh, buy a turkey over Thanksgiving weekend and bring it back to G.T. Ward, who was Bill Vosbeck's partner, and he was a hokey, and uh, I thought that that would be a good thing, so I tied it to his desk at 4 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and uh, <laughs> stirred the office up appreciably. <laughs> that was the first significant thing I did in architecture. Right. When you start out in architecture, yeah, you know, and you get it in school for all the idealism and everything, but the actual work of architecture is sitting down and making the drawings and writing the specifications. Right. And that's what I did first. I, I worked on projects with other people in the office, um, and I was a draftsman. Mm -hmm. and, and, but but you, you learn an awful lot about that. One of the things that really did make me, when I, when I uh, decided I was going to make it in architecture, I, I uh, worked on the H.K. Porter plant here when it was under construction. Roger and I both worked over there, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a concrete project from the beginning to the end, poured in place, precast concrete, concrete tees, I mean, everything about it. It was the only structural course in college that I had an A in. <laughs> I struggled in all of the structural right. things. Yeah. But that one was a wonderful experience, and, and uh, I think that did as much to make me really decide to stick with architecture. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was, and, and my interest in architecture was completely different from my father's. Uh, Dad had started out, uh, he graduated from the uh, University of Virginia in 29. Matter of fact, he and Tom Leachman mm -hmm. from Wiley and Wilson were, were in the same graduating class. There were right. six of them in that class in architecture. Anyhow, uh, they were in the traditional vein, the Beaux-Arts School and the, that approach to architecture. Right. In my training, when I started out in, in D.C., was on the contemporary new things. I mean, that's what we were excited in. That's what we, what, what I was trained in in architectural school. And right. So uh, we were, we were, we had a different interest in architecture to a certain degree. So how long were you in D.C. before you came back to Lynchburg? I was in there seven years in the D.C. area. And then you, and, uh, and you decided to come home. My mother talked me into that. <laughs> I, my, well, interesting thing happened. My father thought that I would come to work for him when I finished at the university. Yeah. And it just never occurred to me that that was going to happen. Uh, I mean, and so we went through a lengthy conversation about that. And then, oh, some years down the road, Dad, Dad was uh, working in Alexandria uh, on the Carlisle House and Gadsby's Tavern restoration projects. And that's where my office was, is in Alexandria at that yeah, time. Yeah. And so uh, I was seeing some of him, and, and uh, Mother would come up a couple of times. And so we, we got back together that way uh, through his visits and things like that. Uh, but um, uh, I, I, uh, one, one of the things I did get to work on, I got to work on the, the White House <clears throat> project, the entrance to the West Wing, yeah. a, a project that I was involved with, and that was because we were doing some communication things for for the uh, uh, government mm. at the at the uh, Pentagon, and I uh, uh, 
matter of fact, they I had to go through all the security checking right, stuff right. that you have to do, and uh, uh, that that uh, cleared us for what I could do and things. But I mean, clearance to work at the White House was something you really had to go through. That's a big I, deal. That, yeah, that was that was a big deal. Yeah, um, and at the end of that project, they told me said, you cannot discuss this project for 25 years. And I thought, man, that's going to be hard for me because right. I just talk about that. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, so I, I couldn't say to, when I was building a business here in Lynchburg, I couldn't say that I had worked on the, the White House. Right. It, it just, uh, uh, it, but it was a communication center that we right. were doing. We feel, I'm responsible for filling in the, the swimming pool, or covering the swimming pool so that it could be the, the communication center. Uh, that was one of our projects, right. that in the west entrance. Uh, and there was another one that was more secret that I still can't talk about. Still can't talk <laughs> But interesting, GSA called me almost to the day of 25 years after that, those two projects at the White House ended. Yeah. And said, you can now talk about Wow. They kept up with it that yeah, closely? It was amazing, That's amazing. to me. How did they know I was in Lynchburg? I mean, you know, they told me then. I said, you know, the government does know where we all are. <laughs> so, but you could talk about that, but you couldn't talk about some of the other stuff that you did. There's a couple of things you just yeah. couldn't. But uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting thing. But I, I found out uh, even then that it was much easier to work with local governments than with state and federal governments. Right. They're very slow paying. Okay. So and, you, you, your father convinced you to come back and join his practice? Mother convinced me to Mother. come back and join that practice. Right. And uh, so you, you and, left D.C. and came back to Lynchburg, and yeah. it was just you and your father? Oh, no. It was a, a Dad had a, a group of people. Bob Garby was okay. uh, the associate in the firm. And so I came in as an associate, and Bob and I then... Uh, took over the firm when when Dad retired, mm -hmm. um, but we he had a staff of I think five when I got there, and I was the, the sixth one or something. But we 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 grew and up and down. Architecture is like that; you're real yeah. busy sometimes. And fortunately, our our Dad's reputation for restoration and preservation and Bob's sincere interest in it. Yeah really carried us through the really tough times in the early 70s when the, yeah. the, the, everybody was just, offices were closing and stuff wasn't happening. Right. But what was happening was restoration and preservation, getting things ready for the 76 uh, centennial, or bison, whatever it is, yeah. centennial uh, uh, celebration. We were restoring things. and. Uh, we did the initial restoration on the Lynchburg Courthouse and Point of Honor and okay. things like that at that time right. around the Middle Atlantic areas. And we worked, our office worked from from uh, uh, Maine and Vermont all the way down into Florida. So you did some work in the Northeast in Vermont? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. What did you do in Vermont? Uh, we did two church restorations up there. Okay. And uh, in Maine, we did a, a an animal shelter. It's interesting. Animal shelter came into my practice late in my career, uh -huh. uh, but uh, we did one that was very successful, and uh, so I went to speak down in Orlando, Florida, at a thing for the one of the animal organizations, mm -hmm. and it was a group thing between the different 
SPCA's and the different entities and animal savings and stuff like this. But uh, the, those things, when I started with that, was a little block, cinder block building with a fence around it. Yeah. And they grew into multi-million dollar projects. And the reason for that, I found out, was that little old ladies left in their wills <laughs> care for their animals and they were put into these organizations for the care of right. animals. Yeah. And literally, we did multi-million dollar things all the way as far as Davenport, Iowa. And I had to go out there a few times and, mm. and I decided I wasn't going to go that far again. But that, <laughs> that was some, that a long ways away. <laughs> who, who did our local, um, you know? My, my uh, employees... Uh, so the, 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 Dominion, Dominion Seven were the architects, and they were the people that were my staff when I. So they still have that expertise. Well, I think that Mormon Robertson, who works there, uh-huh. has that expertise. He's probably as good at it as anybody uh-huh. around. He is really special. So restoration and animal shelters. What else? Churches. Oh yeah, we did a lot of uh, ecclesiastical things, but uh, government local government projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I, after I was involved with Bedford County government uh, uh, on the board of supervisors out there, mm-hmm. I, I got interested, more interested in, in local governments. Right. And we did, uh, as I said, the, the courthouse uh, here and of course the uh, uh, other building became a, a part of the government thing to, to handle and Point of Honor did. But uh, we I did the current a municipal building for the city. We converted okay. that old post office. Right. That was one of our projects. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, then we did uh, Bedford County Administration Building and did the alterations and additions to the Bedford County Courthouse, Prince Edward County Courthouse. And we th- these things started expanding for you. Once you get right. a started in something, your reputation yeah. sort of grows. And so we got into some other states and other counties around the state of Virginia. So you, your business, when did it become Dominion? Uh, after I was out of it. I, okay. Uh, uh, I, I merged with a, a firm in, in Richmond. Okay. And uh, that, that just didn't ever come together well. Yeah. And after it, after it um, uh, was discontinued, then uh, Blair Smith and Mormon Robertson and Linda Jones yeah. started the the. Uh, Dominion Seven. So they spun off from that. It was uh, spun off back to the, Lynchburg. The, the, the Lynchburg group dropped out of the the Richmond group, right? And and, and it continued here as the practice that I had. When you look at your career, what do you think's made you successful in this business? What have been the keys? I've talked to Roger about that and John Fees about that. I'm going to talk to your brother Stuart tomorrow about it. Tell me what you think the keys are for you. What worked for you? Other people. Other people? Getting to know other people. Mm-hmm. The first thing I did when I came to Lynchburg, the first thing out of the office I did was go to the Lynchburg Chamber of Commerce uh-huh. and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm in town here. I'm going to try to see what I can do to grow this business. Yeah. And um, and I had uh, then also had uh, Ed Lovern put together a little uh, inexpensive brochure that I could leave with people. Right. And uh, that and, and 
and just getting involved in the community was the thing that that I think uh, helped me as much as anything. Um, and uh, the, the business had slowed some when I came in 1970, and mm -hmm. so I went around asking folks to to find out what was the problem that right. the, the business was slacked off, and uh, uh, I couldn't get the answer. Uh, Bob Morrison was my godfather. He was a city manager, and he said, oh, things are all right. It'll pick up. Uh, well, thank you. Right. And, but I went to George Stewart, and I didn't uh -huh. know George, but yep. um, uh, when I went to see George, he said, I can tell you exactly what your problem is. <laughs> he said, people think that you charge too much for your services. And I said, well, I can fix that. And he said, I know you can. <laughs> and from that day on, we were great friends. George, George and I really hit it off. Uh, yeah. we, we, we became good friends. And he and my father were good friends right. before I got here. Uh, but um, uh, th that was the only person I could find that told me what told the problem was. If yeah. you know what the problem is, yeah. you can solve the problem. So did you lower your rates kind of thing? No, or? we didn't lower our rates. We just talked about the fact that, that we could do it just was no more than anybody else could do right, it. Yeah. It was just that simple. I mean, it didn't, you, um, you knew that was a sore point and a talking point. Yeah. So again, it was your ability to relate to other people and being I think curious with them. I, I think that all three of us yeah. were, were blessed first to have grown up on Royal Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but we got along with other people. And it wasn't always comfortable doing that, uh, being the the social butterfly, but uh, uh, it it worked for 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 me. And uh, but I had to go out and deal with other people that I right. knew and didn't know. Uh, yeah. And those contacts uh, over time come back and and uh, pay off. In so time. the networking really made a big difference. That, that, oh, networking is just a very very important part yeah. of getting started. Uh, and I had been active in the JCs too. Yeah. That helped me. So I yeah. had friends there when I came to to uh, Lynchburg because I was active on the, the state level with the Junior right. Chamber of Commerce. Then it was, became JCs. Well, tell me about the colorful coats. Where did that start, and where did that come from? Well, uh, we were on vacation down in Florida. One year, we went down there several years to the Fort Myers um, uh, area. And we went in a Lily Pulitzer store down there. And I bought uh, bathing suits and things for my two daughters. They were little young children. And uh, as a result of that, they liked the shopping down there. And so uh, their grandmother went down there Grandmother and grandfather went down there uh, uh, the next year, and uh, they asked them to go shopping at Lily Pulitzer. And so for my birthday that year, I got a Lily Pulitzer sports jacket. And then for Christmas, that at the end of that same year, I got the second Lily Pulitzer <laughs> sports jacket. <laughs> And then uh, taking the school, the girls to school in the in the morning, 
if I wasn't wearing one of those two jackets, they wouldn't know why did I not like it. <laughs> so that's how it got that's started. That's how it got started. That's how it got started. And, uh, you know, I had clients that actually gave me uh, a couple of sport coats, but uh-huh. also uh, a, a gift package for something at a certain store or something. Yeah. If I'd go find something. And that that's how it, it just caught on. And because I was comfortable with it, it, yeah. it worked. Yeah. And uh, well, how did Biff get his nickname and Ebo get his nickname? Okay. Tell me that. Up, I guess. <laughs> I got my nickname when I was, I think, about three years old, maybe four, getting that way. Anyhow, uh, uh, on Royal Boulevard, there were a lot of young couples and I, so I had a lot of contemporaries growing up there and everything. And the Lovings lived across the street. Now, Marianne Loving is married to Willard Rhodes. That's right. Marianne and Will Rhodes. And young Rosalie Loving, who's deceased now, but she she's the person who is responsible for my name. Um, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it started because... My mother was calling me Ev. That's my Ev, name yeah. is Everett. Everett, yeah. And and uh, my grandfather was going by his initials with his contemporaries in those days. That was Jeff. So he was Jeff. My father was Everett, and I was Ev. And so you're a junior. My, my I'm the third. The third. Okay. Yeah. 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 But my 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 contemporaries were. Saying, mother and dad told me that my contemporaries were calling me Evie or Ebby or something like that. And one morning at breakfast, young Rosalie Lovin said, when Mary Ann was trying to get her to say something, say Ebby or uh, whatever she was talking about, uh-huh. she came out with Ebo. Well, that morning, Rosalie Lovin came across the street, told my mother, and everybody thought it was great. And so in Six weeks, Lynchburg in those days was a small yeah. community. And so in Lynchburg, I became Ebo Falber. Hmm. <laughs> so since you were three years old. Since three, three or four, four years old, something like that. Uh, Rosalie was a couple of years younger than Mary Ann and me. Mary Ann is my birthday were four days apart. Well, what, uh, how did Biff get his? Roger get the name, okay. nickname Biff. During World War II, we lived up in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And um, right up on and, and uh, there, and then we went out to an old farmhouse up on the Pennsylvania uh, border. Dad was working for Wiley and Wilson at the time during the war. And uh, uh, Bip was coming along. He was a little thing. And mm-hmm. Mother kept saying to me, be careful, he's a little bitty baby. And it became bitty. Bitty. And to this day, his daughter Carter and their children called him Biddy. Everybody else calls him Bip and uh, that's what his contemporaries got to, to doing with it. So B-I-P. B-I-P was, was his nickname and um, uh, uh, Dad used to laugh when when Stuart came along and said, I don't think we'll ever call him Butter, but he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, I used to be something when I was growing up, but, but Bo Bip and Butter, and I just don't know. I, that never got anywhere. Yeah, Stuart, yeah. Stuart, 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 Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, what what was it like growing up on Royal and, and with these younger brothers? What did you think of your younger brothers? What uh, what was it like growing up in your household? It came and went. <laughs> <laughs> we were very fortunate, as I said to you earlier. Uh, we lived in a wonderful neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a lot of contemporaries for all of us. But um, I got punished for one of Bip's shenanigans. He and Vinnie Giles. Vinnie Giles mm-hmm. lived next door to Grew up us. That, right. And uh, they set a field on fire. And Sonny <laughs> Lee and I got blamed for it. <clears throat> and it was about... Two weeks went by before Vinnie Giles told his mother Betty what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I had I had already been through all my punishment for right, that. <laughs> right. Well, did you ever play we, in the garden next to the house that I live in now, the Waters home? Oh yeah, we snuck in there a lot. <laughs> Bradford Water Senior was the mean man in the neighborhood. Everybody was intimidated by him. Okay. But we used we had ways to sneak back into his gardens and and things like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it was a it was a wonderful neighborhood. Literally, there were lots of people. My best teacher lived at the corner of Wallace Street and uh, Parkland Drive, uh-huh. and that was Mrs. Jones. And her son David was my age, and she taught me fourth grade. And we traveled the world to learn everything: huh. uh, the the English, the spelling, the math, everything. We wrote letters home. I mean, it was just a it was a wonderful experience. Right. I had two people in my life that did that to me. Uh, I just loved the fourth grade. And then, then in the 10th grade, I, I had a guy at Christchurch School mm-hmm. named uh, Bob Yarborough. Uh-huh. And Mr. Yarborough was a nitpicker for the English language and stuff. And he was an English teacher and stuff. But he, he uh, gave us opportunities to do extracurricular things. And I just loved that. We, we read and, and did studied Chaucer there. And to this day, I know some of Middle English from wow. learning the introduction yeah. to, to Chaucer's tales. So you had a fourth grade teacher and a 10th grade teacher that made a big influence on they, you. They had both had big influence. Anybody after that have as big of influence or the main ones? Uh, well, the, once I got through architectural school, uh, without having to take French. <laughs> uh, I went to work for two brothers up in the D.C. area. And uh, those guys were, they were kind of special. Uh, first, I, when I went to work up there, it was the company I joined was Vosbeck and Ward. Uh-huh. Bill Vosbeck was from Minnesota, and G.T. Ward was from, I don't know where, Maryland or something, but but uh, he was a BPI graduate, and that's the reason for the turkey. Uh, he, he I, I just couldn't help but do that, you yeah. know. And, um, uh, but uh, Bill and Randy Vosbeck really influenced me in architecture. Um, they were good business, good at business development. Yeah, and and I was involved with the chambers of commerce up there, with the JCs, with lots of community things that I did, boys and girls club, uh, just all kinds of things because that's what they knew grew business. Right, and so uh, that that those two guys. As a matter of fact, there's a great story about that. Bill Vosbeck called uh, another guy, Phil Vandermeyer, and me into his office one day. 
And he said, we're going to expand. I want, Phil, I want you to go down 95, and Ebo, mm-hmm. I want you to go down 81 mm-hmm. and go in every local government office you can find and try to talk to the administrators in these offices and report back to me in two weeks as to what you've uncovered. <clears throat> and so we did that. And we got through, and we had business cards and little brochures right. and stuff we handed out all up and down those two interstate roads. Well, we didn't spend much time on the interstate roads because we were going in and all right. the counties and, yeah. counties and cities along the way. And after we came back and reported that for a week and, and everything, and so then Bill and Randy started uh, following up on some of those things. But after a week went by, we swapped routes i went down 95 and he went down 81 yeah. as a follow-up thing to the previous visits and that showed me then that it was very important to get exposure and uh you know i grew up in a in a uh, family where my dad was a professional and he wasn't going to go out and ask for business right. he just waited for it to come to the door and and that wasn't bad, and he had a good reputation. He was very talented, and it worked. Yeah. But in society, starting in the 70s, in the 60s and 70s, it, that was a different world. Yeah. I mean, everybody was out there soliciting business. And so that was, that was my education. And when I came to Lynchburg in 1970, I knew that I was going to have to go out and find business. And that's why I came to the Chamber of Commerce. The first thing I did out of the office was to come to the chamber and introduce myself and talk to the people there. Right. And, uh, uh, I got involved right away. I mean, it was uh, just, I've been involved with it ever since. My last uh, involvement uh, was when they were going to change the name. Right, and, to the uh, Business Alliance, yeah. Yeah. I still call it the chamber. I, I, I can't get in the way. And I, I notice on the letterhead down underneath it says chambers in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lynchburg College is Lynchburg College. It's not yeah, University it's of Lynchburg. A, it, it's the same thing with that. me. We did a lot of work at Lynchburg College, too. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the only university I ever really did work at. Dad has done some restoration work at, at uh, Washington and Lee. Yeah. But I never got my foot in the door with... Uh, uh, the University of Virginia, I had thought that I would, and I, I tried some things, but I found that there was a bureaucracy there that you had to fit right. yourself into. And I remembered from the Vosbeck days that they were slow paying. <laughs> That's part of the state, and it's just... What do you think What do you think about what's happened downtown, the restoration downtown? Would you ever thought that would have happened, the way it's happened? I knew it had to happen. Uh, I knew that from when I was in... in architectural school, I did a, a, wrote a, a little term paper book thing on the ugly things about Lynchburg. <laughs> somewhere have it in my house right now. That right. thing is, wrote it out in pen and ink on, on uh, cardboard and made a book out of it and uh, uh, took pictures around the town and a lot in the downtown area that showed just how bad it really was. Right. But, it, but I've learned a similar thing from other communities by, by riding the railroads. That's something I started doing is I don't like flying anymore because I just, it's too tedious and right. too long term. Right. You get on a train, you can go somewhere comfortably and you can read, work, study, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do when you're on the train. And uh, you see the backside of all the communities. Yeah, that's right. 
All the yeah. garbage is dumped right beside the railroad track. Right. They're at the lowest point in the town, yeah, usually. That's yeah. right. Huh. Yeah. Followed the rivers. And, uh, uh, but but uh, that's, that's what I saw in Lynchburg, basically, was the lower basin and the problems that were happening in, in the downtown area. Right. And uh, uh, so I got interested in that. And I, I was involved with chamber activities that, that, that helped participate in trying to make a difference in downtown. Right, right. Uh, that and legislative affairs. And yeah. the legislative affairs was the thing. I guess I chaired that committee for as long as Will Mays tra ch chaired transportation. <laughs> I mean, we we were yeah. it, we were in each other's meetings all the time. I mean, it was just a. But I was an, I participated on a lot of different things at the chamber, and yeah. uh, uh, I got invited to a, a lunch. Uh, Larry Jackson called me and invited me to go to lunch over at Charlie's to talk about changing the name. Yeah, and uh, that was my real last. Uh, yeah. involvement with the chamber. Uh, and I was very flattered that he wanted to call this old dude uh, out of retirement and come yeah. talk about it. Uh, what, what are you most proud of in your career? The municipal building in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and Mike Osteen, who was working for me at the time, uh -huh. and John Osteen's son, was the the project manager on that project, and it was a fantastically successful job. Huh. A whole building made out of North Carolina granite, huh. and it is just a beautiful little thing. And I still give Mike Osteen the praise for for that building. Uh, that that uh, that was that was just probably as nice a piece of architecture as as we ever did. Right. Um, that was one other thing that I learned about about architecture and business. You get a much better result with the team, right? And you you give the people that are working for you some freedom, because they got ideas too. You're not the only one with an idea. Yeah. And uh, that's what helped us grow and become uh, uh, more successful at that point in time. Well, you, you you tell me a similar story to your brother. I mean, your brother Roger asked him what he thinks makes people successful, and it's about relationships and it's about supporting people. And I can tell you guys were raised by the same family. Well, interestingly, um, my parents were involved that way right. in the community. Uh, mother started the Yellow Ladies over at uh, Guggenheimer uh, Hospital it was at the time, right. a, a nursing home or something at the time. I don't remember, but she started that. Just to, the, the volunteers all wore yellow to right. go over and do that thing. Um, but our grandparents, my my mother's father was very involved with the Boy Scouts when when she was coming along. Uh, her mother had died when she was about nine, so right. she raised her father and her brother. Right, and so she was prepared for for. Taking care of raising the three of us. <laughs> well, it was, it was people like you and Roger and Stewart that uh, convinced me Lynchburg was a good place to come live, and I want to thank you for that. Well, I'm glad you're here, <laughs> and I'm glad you finally moved to the right neighborhood. That's my the right neighborhood. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, and, uh, and 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 congratulations again on being inducted to the Hall of Fame, and well, it's a family affair. I know your I parents would be very, very proud of that. Flattered, and uh, they would. Yeah. All right. And, Thank you. Uh, 
Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you both. That one. Thank you.